Replacing Donovan Smith doesn't mean the Buccaneers have to go offensive tackle in the first round. That and more coming up on this legal tampering primer episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the 10 Tampa Bay Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison, staff writer for BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, James Jarko, the deputy editor of SB Nation. Dot com part of our bucksnation.com part of SB Nation, not here on this episode, but you can still find him on Twitter at jarco underscore bucks. I'm at D Harrison82. The show is at Locked On Bucks. This episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. A bigger target than you probably expect from me for the defensive free agent list that the Buccaneers could be looking at. And finally, I'm going to have the quarterback conversation that I've been avoiding. But first, we go out and search for a Donovan Smith replacement, starting with a veteran placeholder that allows you, if you're the Buccaneers, to keep yourself from reaching for an offensive tackle in the first round of the upcoming NFL draft. So to recap real quick, Donovan Smith has been released, of course. James Jarko and Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay had a great reaction episode uh, that dropped yesterday. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do so after you watch this episode or listen to this episode. Uh, but in doing so, the Buccaneers save a total of $9.95 million in cap space after dead cap penalties uh, and all that. So in my opinion, you're probably not going over that amount, really trying not to even get close to that amount in the new guy uh, that you bring in to play left tackle, which makes the NFL draft a very attractive spot to find that replacement. And it also takes guys like, say, Orlando Brown Jr., the left tackle from Super Bowl winning uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who's about to be a free agent, off the board. But it does leave some other guys, and some of these other guys do offer you the opportunity to potentially not have to reach for an offensive tackle. And again, the, the key word there is reach. I'm not saying that either of these signings would just completely take tackle off the board for the Buccaneers, but the idea is just to give yourself maximum flexibility. I think that's what every head coach, what every GM wants uh, heading into the NFL draft, is the flexibility to take the player you want to have, not take a player that you have to have, right? So while you can't get Orlando Brown Jr., one guy of uh, uh, an older veteran uh, that you could target is offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham. Uh, Beecham rec most recently played for the Arizona Cardinals. He turns 34 in June, has played in Pittsburgh, has played in Jacksonville, played for the Jets, and then again, most recently played for the Cardinals. Uh, kind of made headlines Thursday morning because he mentioned that quarterback Kyler Murray needs to grow up a little bit. I don't think that's really breaking news, but you know, anytime someone – uh, says anything relatively negative about a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's going to make headlines. So there we are. There he is. But uh, Beachum, again, a little bit older. But look, Donovan Smith, you know, for all of his ups and downs, the biggest thing that he brought to the Buccaneers, right, was consistency. You knew every Sunday, whether you liked it or not, that Donovan Smith was going to be the left tackle of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, Beachum has played 92% or more of the, his, his team's offensive snaps every year except or since rather 2016 uh, regarded as a very solid leader in every locker room that he's been in specifically the Arizona Cardinals locker room, which he just 
uh, left. And look, Beecham is actually NFL.com's number 55 overall free agent, which is interesting because of how old he is, obviously, uh, but also because Donovan Smith is number 62. So in theory, you could actually, if you if the NFL.com rankings are, are any indication, could actually upgrade uh, at left tackle and uh, save some money uh, doing it. Beecham is projected, according to SpotTrack, to cost less than $4 million per year on a new deal. Uh, I don't know, man. In in his 30s, you know, I think most likely you're looking at a one-year deal, right? But if I'm the Buccaneers, maybe you toss him a two- or three-year deal even, and you get him to sign for maybe less money up front guaranteed, more money on the back end for staying healthy, doing things like that. You save a little bit of cash, but you give uh, Calvin Beecham a little bit more security in the tail end of his contract or his tail end of his career that he's probably interested in. I think it's a good move. I think it's a, it's a move that the Buccaneers should certainly look at. And again, doesn't necessarily take you off of the market of, say, a Paris Johnson. If Paris Johnson makes it to number 19 uh, or, or someone like that, then certainly you could look at a, a player like that in the first round anyway. But, you know, if that guy needs a little bit of time to get going, then maybe Beecham uh, is there a step in. Or at worst case scenario, you've got a veteran uh, insurance policy and a leader in the locker room in the meeting room to help your young guy uh, get ready. So, uh, Kelvin Beecham, a free agent that I think that the Buccaneers should talk to um, as legal, legal tampering gets underway Monday at noon Eastern time. Also, uh, Andrew Wiley. So this is a right tackle mostly, uh, can play across the line. He's played guard, he's played left tackle, he's played right tackle. Uh, Going to be 29 in August, so a little bit younger uh, than Beecham. Five years in the National Football League so far. This is a Kansas City Chiefs uh, product. Track has him coming in at a little over $4 million. So uh, I think you're you're going to pay a little bit more for Andrew Wiley, mainly probably because he's coming off that Super Bowl experience, um, and he's also a little bit younger. But that, if you want to, opens the door to potentially move Tristan Wirfs from the right to the left. I know some uh, some Bucks fans don't like that idea. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to leave that up to Tristan, and I'm going to leave that up to his offensive line coach. If they believe that they can make it happen, I'm not going to get in the way, and nor or could I get. Have you seen Tristan Wirfs? There's no way I can get in the way of Tristan Wirfs trying to do that anyway. But look, that creates automatic competition. You got Luke Gedeke uh, coming into his second year. If they do indeed move him back to his organic right tackle position, and then you bring in Andrew Wiley uh, to compete it out, and then maybe you go, you know, third, fourth, fifth round uh, somewhere in there. You grab another young right tackle to come in, and you make it a three man contest, and you know, may the best guy win. So. That gives you some flexibility. It opens up some things. It doesn't force you. Any either of those signings don't force you into signing a guy that maybe is a little too early or earlier than you would be uh, more comfortable with. Again, legal tampering begins Monday at noon, so we'll keep an eye out on that. You guys keep an eye out on that as well. Uh, and we're going to look at players uh, that are going to potentially fill this hole, at least to a certain degree, uh, ahead of the NFL draft. But here on today's episode, we're also going to look at some other players that could be targeted by the Bucs in legal tampering to fill positions outside of the left tackle position. So there's some other positions that could be filled here, and we're going to do that next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you want to go aggressive on a parlay, on a money line, on whatever you want, against the spread, on the spread, however you want to do this, if it doesn't work out, you get that money back in the form of bonus bets that you can then try to use to recoup your real money bank. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even threes drained. I write for Inside the Wizards, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation covering the Washington Wizards. And prior to their loss Wednesday night against the Atlanta Hawks, I wrote a piece about betting on that game. And I said to take the Wizards plus the three points. We hit on that. So if you took that advice, you also hit on that. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay, which we did in Inside the Wizards. And we did not hit on that one can't win all of them right so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba thanks again bucks nation for making a long time bucks podcast first listen for your first view of the day Continuing our search in uh, in search, our, our search in search of potential free agent targets, the Buccaneers could speak to uh, during the legal tampering period, and of course the opening of NFL free agency to maintain maximum NFL draft flexibility. Again, none of these signings necessarily will just preclude the Buccaneers from taking a draft pick uh, or taking a prospect in the first, second, third, seventh rounds, what have you. Uh, just looking for guys who you could look at and say, okay, this guy could feasibly fill a role that we need. So if we don't get that in the NFL draft, we're not just completely uh, sunk. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're, we'll be okay. We don't have to reach uh, for a guy. So obviously with the Buccaneers salary cap situation, look, the salary cap is flexible. It's it's manageable. The Buccaneers have a lot of room. They could create like $40, $50 million in salary cap space. They really need to uh, just by simply adjusting some contracts and turning some, some roster bonuses or turning some salary into roster bonuses. Uh, things like that. But ideally for this exercise, we're not just going to go crazy. I'm not just going to sit here and say like, boom, Orlando Brown Jr. Don't worry about the cap, guys. We're, we'll sign Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, boom, let's sign. I don't even know who, who the next guy. We'll go get DeAndre Hopkins. Don't worry about the salary cap. We're going to be a little bit realistic here. So basically, we're going to go thrift shopping, right? We're going to pop some tags. Here's the targets uh, that we're talking about. And we're going to start at quarterback because you already know that I'm a fan of bringing in Drew Locke, right? I think the Buccaneers should certainly bring him in. I would like day one of le- like Monday at noon is legal tampering. Monday at 1230, I want to hear that Drew Locke and the Buccaneers have struck a deal. He's going to come in and compete with Kyle Trask for that starting quarterback position. But it's time that I go a different way. James Jarko, uh, my good buddy, my co-host here on Lonto Bucks, has talked about him. I've kind of just let James talk about him. I think I've made my feelings known, but I haven't really gone in depth about it. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. So James is, is an advocate for bringing in Baker Mayfield. You're probably talking a multi-year deal, and he thinks that Baker Mayfield could probably beat Kyle Trask uh, to be the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that part of it, but here's 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 what I want to talk about, right? So first, as we dive into Baker Mayfield, SpotTrack says that Mayfield should be signable for around $6 million per year on average, which is very affordable in the quarterback market. I don't believe it's going to take that. I think he's going to want at least $8 million. And I think there are enough people that maybe will see the potential in the youth, uh, unfortunately, to, to draw that number up. I think if you have an $8 million quarterback, you have a $1.something million quarterback, Kyle Trask, you have a little bit more pressure to start that $8 million guy. I don't know how much of a competition you really keep or create by bringing in Mayfield. Now, if you don't want Kyle Trask to even have a competition or a competitive uh, opportunity uh, to, to beat Baker Mayfield, you're okay with that, right? But if you want that competition, which I would like to see that competition, if you're not going to go all in on trading up for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I would like to see a legitimate competition. And I don't know. I just think if you're spending seven or $8 million more on a guy than his competition, quote unquote, I don't know that you really have the affordability to make that uh, a competition. So surprisingly enough, Mayfield actually doesn't have the worst quarterback record. I know quarter like wins and losses aren't quarterback stats, but we always tie those to the quarterback anyway. Uh, 31 and 38 
as a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I thought was better than you would expect given how far he's fallen. I mean, first number one overall pick, uh, savior of Cleveland, took them to the playoffs the first time in however many years, and then he's unceremoniously bounced to Carolina, you know, leaves Carolina mid midseason, goes to the Los Angeles Rams, has a great debut, but then pretty much nothing uh, after that. Here, here's my biggest thing about – it's not so much the wins and the losses, but look, Cleveland had weapons, right? And Cleveland had offensive linemen. Like, Cleveland had opportunities – and receivers, I mean, Odell Beckham was there. Jarvis Landry was there. David Njoku was supposed to be a, a pretty good guy. You know, he's done some good things. Nick Chubb, best running back in the, in the NFL, uh, at least one of the best, if not the best. I mean, there have been weapons there for Baker Mayfield. And they, maybe, they have, maybe they haven't had the best offensive line in front of them, but they haven't had the worst offensive line uh, in front of them either. Yet, they only have one double-digit win in Cleveland while Baker is there. Uh, he's never thrown for 30 touchdowns. And... Uh, double-digit interceptions, and I think three of his first five seasons. Um, and honestly, the Rams, he went one and three. Like, everybody talks about the great Thursday night football debut, and don't get me wrong, it was impressive. I watched it. I was like, oh, man, I can't believe this guy's doing this with zero knowledge of the playbook. But he went one and three. And, and you know, Matt Stafford wasn't exactly doing all that great before that, and they lost Odell Beckham Jr. as well, and, you know, the running game was kind of sparse. And I get all that, but at the end of the day, this isn't a quarterback who's really done a whole lot at three different opportunities, the Cleveland Browns, Carolina Panthers, and the Los Angeles Rams. And make no mistake about it, like he went to the Panthers. The intent was him to be the starter over Sam Darnold, and it still didn't work out, and they let him walk out the door uh, pretty much freely. So if three, and the Rams now don't seem to really be making a push to keep him. So if three NFL franchises have already moved on from this guy, why would you want the Buccaneers? Why? why I, I wouldn't want the Buccaneers to be the fourth uh, to give him an opportunity to come in. If he's just coming in to be a backup, Okay, fine, but if you're coming in to be a backup, you're paying, you're making less than the starter. And Kyle Trask is not making six to eight million dollars a year. So again, I'm not signing Baker Mayfield. Could the Bucks target Mayfield? Absolutely, they certainly could. And if you like him, hey, look, I, I get why you might like him. Is his edginess, his attitude, it's attractive. Should they? Clearly, in my opinion, they should not. James disagrees. That's okay. That's why we both have a voice, and that's why we both host this show. Uh, another free agent, offensive player that's interesting to me is running back David Montgomery. Currently, Track has him scheduled to make $7.2 million per year, so I don't think that's a first-wave uh, NFL free agency option, but if he makes it past the first wave, maybe you get him cheaper. Uh, maybe he becomes a name that we discuss, so kind of keep an eye out on him as we work through uh, this process. But the next offensive player uh, that I do want to talk about is Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith, and I got to give a shout-out to my guy Mike Kiwak of BucksNation.com. He actually brought this up in a conversation we were having uh, in a Twitter DM. Brought up Irv Smith, and the more I think about it, the more that I like it. Uh, estimated to make $10 million per year. Again, um, we're not going to go crazy on the whole salary cap is meaningful or manageable and flexible, but the salary cap is manageable and flexible, so don't worry about the upfront necessary numbers. Like that $10 million per year doesn't have to be $10 million against the cap this year if, if you pick up what I'm putting down. Um, look, Irv Smith will turn 25 during this upcoming preseason. He's got three NFL years under his belt uh, at the age of 20, you know, will be at the age of 26. His best season came in 2020 when he had 365 yards uh, receiving and five touchdowns. Keeps the Buccaneers, in my opinion, from having to target a tight end early so that they can then, again, the, the idea is flexibility, fill in other areas of need to have more kind of volatile roster situations. Um, Kate Otten, I like Kate Otten. I think he's that number one tight end potential. I don't think he's there yet. We've kind of talked about this already, right? So if you take Irv Smith, like is Irv, would you take Irv Smith this year or would you take Irv Smith or Dalton Kincaid? Irv Smith or Michael Mayer? Irv Smith or, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
any of these other guys, Darnell Washington, they're all slipping my mind now for some reason. Um, Luke Musgrave, like who would you rather have? And I think in year, and again, you're just talking year one, you're not talking career. You're talking year one. If you're the Buccaneers, you can make the case that Irv Smith is probably what your third or fourth tight end. If you put him in that list of guys, he's probably the third or fourth tight end. I think uh, overall, I do think there's a couple of guys. Dalton Kincaid is my top tight end. Um, I think he could probably do better for you uh, even this year. And then obviously moving forward, there's that advantage, but if you keep him and you make him kind of your, you know, however you want to call it, one alpha, one Bravo, like co-starters, you know, depending on the package, whatever, however you want to word it, um, it gives you the opportunity. You push Kate Otten by putting another guy in the room, but you also secure your tight end group uh, a little bit there with Irv Smith. So I'm a big fan of that. Again, lets you have some flexibility in the NFL draft to address other areas. One of those areas, the safety position. So a safety target is coming up next and another defensive free agent the Bucks could talk to when legal tampering begins on Monday. You may not have expected to come out of this conversation, but it's going to happen, and that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Legal tampering begins on Monday in the National Football League at noon Eastern time before the new league year begins on March 15th, and uh, that at 4 p.m. Eastern, March 15th is when deals can go. Final. So we're looking at some legal tampering targets. Uh, again, not the sexiest names in the world necessarily because we do think that the Buccaneers are going to be a little thrifty, try to get the salary cap to settle a little bit. We're going to keep with that theme here, looking at two defensive guys for one of them. With the second guy, I'm going to get a little rich here on this conversation. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. But first, we're going to start off with the safety position. Uh, right now, you have Antoine Winfield Jr., and that's about it. No shade to some of these other guys, but as far as starting caliber safeties, you don't have a whole lot. Mike Edwards is scheduled to be a free agent. We could have news as early as Monday afternoon, you know, early Monday evening uh, that he struck a deal with somebody else and he'll be leaving Tampa. Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully they can make these numbers work. But if he leaves, the Buccaneers absolutely have to go safety in the NFL draft, right? But do you need to go safety in round one? Well, that all is going to depend on what happens in free agency. And a guy that you can bring in to help you from half to or having to reach in round one, right, per se, for, for a safety potentially, uh, is Green Bay Packers safety Adrian Amos. Uh, Adrian Amos turns 30 in April. He's at eight years in the National Football League currently between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers and has started every game since 2018. Some of those are for the Bears. Some of those are for the Green Bay Packers. We talk about the consistency and availability. He has started every game for his team, whether it be Chicago, whether it be in Green Bay, since 2018. He's versatile enough to play both strong and free safety, getting a little bit older. So maybe uh, the wheels aren't, aren't what they used to be. Plus, you have Antoine Winfield Jr., so you don't need him to be that free safety. But we also know that Antoine Winfield Jr. can drop into the box. So really, if you put him and Amos back there together, you've got two safeties. Both have some coverage ability. Both have some box ability. So you see the defense, the offense uses motion, trying to identify your scheme. You, if you, As long as you don't have to move your corners, if you have your safeties out there, simply communicate, change an assignment, whatever you have to do, you could stay in that man or zone coverage and not actually tip your hand uh, your hand to the other side uh, of the field. So to me, Adrian Amos, Calvin Beecham, like the two out of the out of this list that are most likely to happen, I think these are the two guys. Um, again, solid, not great player that can help you replace Mike Edwards, let you go safety maybe in the later rounds, maybe in the middle rounds. Sidney Brown out of Illinois is obviously a guy that James would love to see. Uh, come in, but if Cindy Brown comes in, maybe he's not ready to take that full starting role right away. You have a veteran again to help teach. You also have a veteran to help out there uh, on the field who has some reliability and some 
some history of being reliable to actually be on the playing field. So uh, again, Adrian Amos is is a safety that you're going to be able to get at a pretty affordable number uh, at this point in juncture of his career, and, and we see it every year, man. Safeties, even some of the top safeties that are that are supposedly available. And Tyra Matthew, when did he sign with the Saints? It was it was it was quite a while into the process. So Adrian Amos is a guy that maybe not legal tampering. You know, maybe you don't see it, but maybe the Buccaneers, if they lose Mike Edwards, decide to go strong after and just get it done. Uh, but even if you don't see him come off. During the NFL legal tampering period or the early stages of free agency, Adrian Amos certainly a guy that I could see fitting with the Buccaneers and what their current roster uh, calls for. So now it's time for my big target, my big defensive lineman target, David Anyamata from the New Orleans Saints. And James is going to remember this name, and some of you are going to remember this name because when it was looking like he might become a free agent previous to uh, his previous deal, this is most recent deal with the New Orleans Saints. I was all about bringing David Onyemata into the fold in Tampa. He is now going to be a free agent. Uh, well, he's actually going to be a free agent this time. I'm still all that. He's a little bit older, right? He is going to turn 31 uh, in November, and he is expected by Track to get around $10 million per year uh, in salary. It's a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's not a lot, but it's a lot when you're talking about the salary cap situation the Buccaneers are in. But again, the buck with the salary cap being as flexible as it is, you will be able to get players who, I mean, it's not, it's not really a big deal to accept a restructuring of their deal anyway. They don't lose any money, but you will be able to get guys to agree to do so to bring in a player, I think, like David Onyemata. When you look at that defensive line, you look at what how the impact it has on the linebacker group. Uh, again, we've said it. I mean, Todd Bowles has admitted it. Like, the fact that Vita Vea was the team leader in sacks last year is not a good thing. Like, good for Vita. We want to see that production every year if we can, but that's not good for the team because this scheme is not designed to free up your defensive tackle, your nose tackle, uh, to be your your sack getter. He's supposed to be a block eater, a run stuffer, and then the sacks come from your off-ball line, off linebackers, your edge players. David Onyemata is a guy who come in, can fill that 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 role. Then Dominican Sue filled that Akeem Hicks uh, tried to fill last year. And, and I think he would be a better fit uh, for what they have, you know, than Akeem Hicks and then what they have currently uh, on the roster. But also he is getting a little bit older. So you use him as a little bit of a rotational piece. You bring in Logan Hall uh, from times. And then if you come into an even front uh, up front, you move David Onyemata inside. You put Logan Hall there on the outside again. Still, you know, maybe draft a fourth, fifth round D lineman to come and join and join the fray and all that stuff. But in the initial aspect of it, the initial uh, season, after the acquisition, David Onyemata makes your defensive line better. He makes Vita Vea better. And I think he makes the pass rushers behind him and around him better. 5-6 last season for the New Orleans Saints. Again, just a consistent player. Uh, again, could rotate well with Logan Hall as he develops. Is it too rich for the Buccaneers' blood? I feel like it probably is. But this was my opportunity to throw his name out there, and I decided I'm going to take it. So in my eyes, look, David Onyemata is a day-one starter. You rotate him, you bring in a young guy, or you already have a young guy if you think that Logan Hall is going to replace him. Again, I think Logan Hall is more of a Will Golson replacement, so I'd like to see the Buccaneers go uh, after a different type, maybe a Brian Brissie, bring him in. He's got some injury history, so maybe you bring him in slowly into the fold, mix him in there with David Onyemata, and then maybe eventually next year, Brian Brissie becomes kind of the full-time guy if he can stay healthy. So that kind of a, a scenario. I'm for it, and I think that David Onyemata, if you are going to go on the richer end, if you're the Buccaneers in free agency and, and legal tampering on Monday, that's the kind of guy that you want to target to make that move. So let me know what you think about that move. Let me know what you think about the, all the other moves. If you have your own moves, own own guys that you think the Buccaneers should target uh, in free agency and legal tampering, drop them in the YouTube comments. Hit me up on Twitter. 
uh, as well. Thank you in the meantime for making Locked On Bucks podcast first listener and first view of the day. For your second listener view, check out Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I will be back tomorrow with an NFL draft episode. We're not doing mock drafts, right? It's not mock draft Monday yet, but we are going to have a draft-centric episode. Get some deeper thoughts into what happened in the scouting combine, who can fill some of these needs uh, the Buccaneers have because they've got a good amount of them. If you've got reactions to today's topic or anything additional that you want to talk about, any other subjects, comments, or your own mock drafts, shoot them into the email inbox at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or hit the Locked on Bucks DM on Twitter at Locked on Bucks, where you can find me at dharrison82. For James Jarko, I'm David Harrison. Till we speak again, make sure you're checking out everything being written over at BucksNation.com and at BucksGameDay.com. And again, that Twitter handle is dharrison82 or jarko underscore, underscore bucks or Locked on Bucks. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, fire those cannons, and thank you for joining me right here on Locked on Bucks.